0: This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: Well, good day everyone. This is another exciting series of episodes that we are covering in this special series of episodes on personal growth and networking. Um, and we're being joined by a special guest, Uh, from Australia, Shimak. I got connected to him um, a month ago and I wanted to have a chat with him uh, on different topics that he's also working on and there seems to be some sort of uh, uh, commonalities between us uh, when it comes to coming to Australia as an immigrant and so we thought let's talk about this topic where we can also help other immigrants out there Uh, Both of us are connected to uh, a lot of immigrants on LinkedIn. George himself is connected to so many immigrants because he is a part of the university program and he's also helping university students from different countries uh, through his mentorship. So I think this can be a great discussion uh, where we uh, understand how does an immigrant navigate uh, themselves uh, when they come to a new country. In, In this case, we are specifically talking about Australia. Um, so Shimak, do you want to give a quick introduction, say in about a minute uh, about yourself and then we dive straight into the topic?
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm Shimak. I'm originally from Sri Lanka, grew up in Qatar, moved to Australia when I was 17 I've uh, been here ever since for the past eight years, and I've been in different roles, many sales roles as well. I'm currently in a account management position for a software company. And um, yeah, I just um, started my content creation journey as well, just to, you know, provide some value to a lot of the people coming into Australia, especially the youngsters, and give them some guidance on you know how they can navigate the tough waters and uncertain um, waters when they come to uh, a foreign country. So yeah, that's that's a bit about myself. I'm currently 26, and um, yeah, I'm living in Adelaide, South Australia
1: wow you should get a bottle of champagne that was a good wrap up i said one minute you <laughs> did it in you did it in exactly 58 seconds if you there were you participating go. in one of the competitions called interchange you would have got full marks for timing <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. we have <laughs> a big timer time. we have a big timer here so i just <laughs> so, so Shemak,
1: let's dive into the topic and yeah. understand a bit more about uh Let's talk first about the challenges. So what are mm. some of the common challenges that you faced as an immigrant and that you mm. have kind of heard through your friends uh, mm. and in a circle that you would like to share? So we can kind of divide it into challenges and then mm. how to overcome those challenges as an immigrant. So what are the mm. what are some of the challenges that come at the top of your mind that you faced mm. as an immigrant?
2: Okay. That's a very good question. It's also a broad question. So I'd like to break it down into some of the challenges that I've faced and some of the challenges I've heard. So the biggest challenge, I think, when a lot of people come to Australia is that well, they get to a course, they pursue a course on engineering degree or anything, Um, they're not entirely sure about their pathway to get the PR. So whether that course is going to assist them to get the permanent residency, right? That's number one. Um, Number two is uh, finding jobs in Australia. So how do they network and how do they connect with the right companies, the way they can apply for those jobs, the way they can get those jobs using their skills? Um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Some of the other challenges is also being homesick, being away from family. And that can, of course, affect a lot of people's mental health. And, you know, they do feel foreign and they find it hard to interact with a lot of the um, either university students here. And if they do find their click, you know, they sometimes uh, tend to, sometimes tend to maybe do unproductive things whereas they can channel their attention to more productive stuff. Um, I think the biggest challenge as well is actually, uh, for me personally, was to first obviously get the job, but also find the right way to get the PR, speak to the right agents. Um, and I think um, navigating yourself, as you say in this one, as an as an immigrant and knowing what you want, out of coming into Australia, so that's some of the biggest challenges I think that a lot of people face, um, and it's multifaceted. It's financial, it's migration, it's mental health. It's it's different things that are just combined that sometimes can make it very overwhelming for people that are coming into Australia. Yeah. And um,
1: so before before we dive into you know some general suggestions, um, hmm, what hmm. were you, what were your ways of dealing with these challenges that you just listed down? So did you adopt some methods or did you already have some ways of coming out of it before coming to Australia or when you landed in Australia, then you kind of recognized, oh, that's the way I should be solving yes. this challenge?
2: I'm going to be honest, Saurabh and, and George as well. I had no idea. I just came to Australia because it sounded cool initially. And I just thought, you know, everyone's going to Australia. It's cool. Let me go to Australia. I came down here and I was struggling because it was difficult to, you know, find a job. And you know, I was like few years down the line I graduated. I'm like, oh, I need a job in my field. And so it was it was a lot of stress. And some of the ways I dealt with that, I think it's really important, is to meet the right people. I think um, I'm I'm generally a very people's person and I love meeting a lot of people. And I'd like to say some of the way that I overcame them personally was by meeting the right people who gave me information to help me do things that could help me get somewhere. Uh, I think because sometimes you know you hang out with the wrong friends and then they you just tend to be like that and you become unproductive and you don't do the right things. I think the key was I met the right people, hang out with the people who were doing things with their life, you know, who were wanting to push and improve themselves. And then, yeah, when you, when you hang out with them, things tend to then, uh, you tend to learn and pick up things from them and you tend to ask them the right questions and they tend to help you. Um, And that's one of the ways that really helped me, just a good bunch of friends. And I still speak to them till today. Yeah
1: yep yeah, so i think networking and talking to as many people Absolutely. as you can is definitely one of the most important things uh, that you feel yeah. um and in Absolutely. terms of networking in terms of networking were you always comfortable talking to people or was that something you kind of adopted after practicing it a bit
2: yeah that's a good question because when i was in university i was not someone who was very i was very introverted so i wouldn't go up and speak to a lot of people i wouldn't go up and uh speak to a lot of the professors or industry professionals i would go to networking events and maybe speak to one person and try to be in my comfort zone um and then i and again that leads to friends i met a friend who was extremely good at networking so he would go he was able to strike up conversations build rapport with someone and um, you know exchange details and connect with them later so um i was looking at him and i just started mimicking him Uh, and um that really helped me because sometimes you know you you mimic it enough. Um, they say fake it until you make it. Uh, not all the time, but you know you mimic it enough, it becomes part of your personality. So I started, you know, getting over that fear of going and trying to speak to people and um, you know introducing myself and being like, hey, you know, I'm Shemak, This is what I do. What do you do? And just having a casual chat. And I think that definitely helped me a lot in life because a lot of the things that I was able to solve and a lot of the challenges I was able to overcome was with the help of people that I've met throughout so um, I think if I did not develop that skill which is such an important skill I think for everyone you know you have to be able to go and speak to people you have to be able to go and network in the right way and you have to be able to sell yourself not sell yourself but be able to um, I guess let someone know what you're capable of and what you offer I think that's, that's 100% really important right now um, whether that's online or face-to-face i'm sure you you might relate to that as well sort of given your your um i guess your 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 podcast as well as your you know journey on linkedin so yeah yeah
1: so definitely and i think there are a lot of students uh, even george would agree with me on this thing that there are a lot of students who are like this uh, when hmm. they come to a new country they don't know anyone they are very introverted and then yes. some of them they, they take steps to come out of it. Um, George, have you have you experienced the same thing with a lot of international students coming from different countries when you when you mentor them in university
2: programs?
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I noticed, um, Shamak, that um, you said sell yourself. Well, not really sell yourself. I think you're right. The first time it is about selling yourself. Mm. Um, when we're communicating. Um, All three of us here right now are selling ourselves because if there's somebody watching this podcast and they're agreeing with us, they're buying into what we're talking about. And if they Mm. disagree with us, they're not buying into what we're talking about. Um, Mm. So, And just like in um, dealing with people in uh, products or services, you can have a pushy salesman and you can have a a lazy salesman and you can have a, a salesman that's just a good salesperson. So mm. in networking, you can have that person that's uh, climbing all over you like a, uh, <laughs> a, a, an octopus, um, and you can mm. have that person that, you know, it's so painful because you can't get anything out of them. Yeah. What, what I've found, that a lot of um, students from overseas have the added um, issues of uh, a different culture. Um, mm. um, not having, not having their family and friends around them, so they've got to make new people, new friends, um, and they're in a. They're, but they're, it's a different culture, um, and whilst, whilst, a lot of students can speak English. They don't necessarily understand, um, um, Australian, yeah. So. And and there's English and then there's Australia, mm. um, so so um, you could teach me a whole lot of stuff about engineering and I could I could talk about that, but I don't really understand what I'm talking about. And so yep. if, so you 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 when you're outside of your comfort zone when you're in a different um, environment to what you're used to, you're trying to communicate, but you're also trying to Understand where you are and what it's all about. So yeah, I think it's an extra, uh, it's an extra challenge. But networking, irrespective of whatever you're doing, wherever you are, it's it's still the 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 most important thing. Um, if you're in a family and you're not networking with your your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, your uncle, your aunt, um, that's you're not going to get very far. So so. If you're in a in a in a soccer club, a cricket club, a um, netball club, any sort of club, um, if you're not able to communicate, um, you're going to find it hard. So I think I think one of the the biggest things is to understand how you can communicate better.
1: Yep. And did you have any questions for Shimok?
0: Um So you're saying you're saying that you found it difficult you had a friend you started to mimic that friend um, hmm. not a bad not a bad strategy um, yep. how long did it take you to get to a point where you felt comfortable or hmm. um, confident to if you like go out on your own and, and and start to broaden that circle and what did you do to broaden that circle
2: I think that's such a good question, and um, I have an answer. And I just want to link it to an answer that I've heard recent, actually yesterday, from one of the new students that came. Um, so she actually, um, came to Australia was struggling, and she got a sales job, and that helped her improve her skills for speaking to people. And next thing you know, she's she, she's my friend. She's you know the. She's Because Adelaide is so small, you know, she bumps in a lot of people within six months. And I think the same thing with me. So I I was really introverted. I wasn't really, I didn't want to talk to people. And I was like, oh, he's going to judge me. And you get all those thoughts. And it's normal. And I applied for a role in Origin Energy as a door-to-door salesperson. And I think that, you know, just turn that switch on me because I would go knock on doors and get sweared at and yelled at and I would go to the next door and the next door and the next door and the next door and I would drive my car and park it in a place and go to 100 doors go to another suburb, we'll go to 100 doors and um, I did do that for a few months and I just realized after a point and I was speaking to a lot of the other salesperson it wasn't really about me it was just about the p- mood of the other person and it was it was not even that they didn't like me or they didn't want to talk to me. It was just that they were not in a good mood or they just didn't want to buy. I started detaching myself out of the outcome. I think that taught me so much. I think the sales sales jobs are always the best jobs uh, because you learn a lot about people. And that was, I think, over time. I did that for a few months, actually, I think five to six months before I got really tired of door knocking. Um, And then, um, but that taught me so much about talking to people and so much about taking rejection and negotiating and introducing myself and introducing a service, having a conversation, making small talk. Uh, I think small talk is so underrated. A lot of people don't do it and they look over it. But I think small talk is so important. I think, you know, you need to be able to small talk. And I think that that was one of the most, that switch, flipped a switch in me where I didn't care anymore, really, about, yeah, going and talking to anyone. Yeah. Hope I answered the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what have been
1: some of the uh, little elements that you kind of include in your small talk, Shimak? Are there anything that you would be guiding to any new international student uh, that they should be having in their small talk? Because small talk is, you know, very different to how you do a small talk in India or how you do a small talk in Sri Lanka or United States or Australia. It's very different for different countries. Yeah, um, you know, for example, if if you are sitting with an Australian, an Australian goes with a joke on an Aussie joke, and you you don't understand, they just make fun of you. But it's just because you are born and brought up in a different culture, you don't understand their jokes. Um, and similarly, if an Australian visits in India, and you know, in, two Indians are having jokes, they might not even understand why the fuck this person is. Uh yeah. <laughs> <luck>. <laughs> so do, do you have any any um, advice on running a small talk when you meet any employer or you network in an event?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I think um small talk is so important. I had a mate who would um and he's a he's a I think he's an engineer now. He used to be in construction, He was an engineer. Um he used to nail interviews because he would immediately build rapport with the person interviewing. He'd be like talking about, "Hey, do you watch the game the other day?" and start you know, building small talk um and you know i i really started listening to him and well the way i generally do it sometimes is when i came to australia i would not understand a lot of the jokes and then over time it did sink in and i think it just takes a bit of time and you know i think it, you build it over time i think it's not something that you can you know do immediately or you just have to keep doing it i think speak to more people you know interact with more friends if you if you got more if you're in the gym I tend to just strike up conversations with people in the gym and you know just to see if i'm good with it if i can if i still got it in me and and um, sometimes people respond well and sometimes they don't um i tend to ask a lot of questions i think that's really helpful listen very carefully and um ask in questions about because people are talking about themselves um as you can see i'm doing now and um it's uh, it's like uh, yeah i i think main thing is sometimes even if you're just quiet you can make small talk if you're just listening you don't have to be always talking um, uh, yeah I think just listen carefully ask the right questions and um, talk a bit about yourself as well you know don't hesitate to talk about yourself don't hesitate to give your opinions it's it's you know no one's they're probably not going to remember you um, and you know that's yeah that's that's what I I think some of the tips and I think George can further add to that if if there's any uh, any more that you know he would like to shed light on.
0: Um. I think um, if you're new, if you're new to engaging with people and you're a bit shy, then all you need to do is have an idea of what you're going to talk about mm. when you go out. And the best thing to do when you're going to go out and meet new people, what are you going to talk about? easiest thing is to talk about them. Mm. So, so if you if you if you start off so how did how did you come to be here what brought you here why are you here um so there's lots of people in this room there's lots of people at this event what what caused you to come to this event as soon as you ask a question and you shut up then the other person will answer um if you if you, so think about having something at the end of your statement which is like, and what about you? So Shemak asked me, um, what do you do? Oh, I'm a business coach and i an advisor. What do you do? What about you? Now, that automatically causes him to respond. If there's um, the three of us in a conversation, Shemak asks me a question, I respond to that question, and then I go, so, Sarab, what about you? So, what about you is a lovely way of keeping the thing going because otherwise what happens is Sarab asks me a question, I answer, and then we all look at one another and it's quiet. Whereas, sarab, I've, I've now asked Sarab what about you? When he's finished, if he doesn't tag it, I say, well, wow, um, you mentioned about how do you feel about that, Shamark? You mentioned about how do you feel about that. What about you? What brings you here? All those sorts of things will will cause the the, the conversation to continue. And and um, the best way to talk with people is to listen. I'll say it again: the best way to talk to people is to
2: listen um i just want to further add to that as well um i think a really good opener that i sometimes use if i don't know anyone's like i just go and say hey can i ask you a question and almost everyone would like to answer a question no one's going to say no you can't ask me a question so i think sometimes that's a great way to open a conversation Um, you know there's
0: there's there's a thing about the brain Mm. it can't refuse Mm. so as soon as if if as, as soon as the brain hears something that sounds like a question it it responds so Shamark, mm. um i'm wondering if you could help me with a question i've got about cars sure <laughs> your your brain's <laughs> automatically going to respond to that because yep. your brain suddenly says oh i wonder what that's going to be it's so if 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 you take a a pen or something, and and you throw it to somebody, they will automatically or instinctively they grab it. Now, the same thing is, mm. oh, I've got a question for you, or can you help me with something? The other person will automatically switch on.
2: Mm. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I, I just think it is...
1: Yeah. Um, I was just saying that it's also about building cultural awareness Uh, when you go to a new culture it's always good to understand what different terms mean um, and you know what kind of things that they are talking about on a day-to-day basis sometimes I miss on different things you know at workplace or while talking to uh, you know locals here so the best thing is go to the website or ask someone what does that mean? Uh, if somebody is genuinely ready to help you and explain you about that thing, um, you know, there is no harm in looking a bit silly for the first time just to understand what that meant so that next time when somebody tells you that thing in their uh, in their way of culture, you know what that means. Um, and I think that's the best way to start learning, you know. Always be keen to learn about the new culture because if, you, if you're in a new country, as I say, if you're in rome do as romans do so if you are in australia you need to learn how australians um, talk and how they run their country it's always good to learn uh, about the new culture isn't it Chimac?
2: absolutely and i just want to further add to that as well when i was um when i do when i used to be in the sales job is a lot of prospecting i feel like in the american culture the way you call call people is like hey this is me i'm calling for this reason and it's very direct 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 but I realize in Australia it's just a bit more casual you know hey man hey gone. and then you know yeah good thanks and then you just it's I just feel like you just have to I think in Australia it's different and they're a bit more casual and they like to just have a bit of a chat before you get to the the crux of the situation whereas in different countries like back in Sri Lanka or even in Qatar or it's like bam tell me what you're talking about but I feel like in Australia it's not like that and um I learned that the hard way because my mate was like um I started doing that while I was cold calling and he would say, man, what are you doing? You're just being too direct. Just have a normal chat. And then uh, that's what I learned. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, you know, at the different area, in different countries, you've got to understand the different ways of speaking and adapt accordingly.
0: Yeah. One
1: of the things that a lot of people um, also realize that once they come to a new country, Shemak, it kind of broadens up their horizon of thinking. Um, kind of, it, I, I can relate that with myself, that when you're sitting in your own country, it, you, you're kind of thinking in one way, but when you come to a new country, especially in a country which is so multicultural and in a city which is so multicultural like Sydney or, you know, any of the top cities of Australia, like Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, uh, or Hobart, you kind of meet people from all around the world. So the way you think about the world, the way you think about different things, It kind of changes all together isn't it
2: yeah absolutely 100 percent um in qatar where i grew up it's completely foreign to go and approach a stranger and talk to them no one does that um you know you you just it's weird and it's awkward and you might get yelled at but in australia it's it's a normal thing and (laughs) i um (laughs) it was very weird to me when i came here and i was like there were people who were coming and speaking to me and i was like mate are you like What's up? <laughs> but then I just realized that's just part of the way people are, and and it's 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 good, it's nice, I like it, and um, especially during uni, I realized, and especially during networking events, I'm like, and everyone's up for a chat, you know, you're just having a chat. Uh, I went for, a ch- I think I went, for, I went for a conference a couple of months ago to Sydney, and um, so we had our stall here, and there were people walking past free compete. and um, we were just. A lot of the people, you know, out there were selling and they were like, hey, you know, this is the product and all that. We're just talking about the random stuff. And at the end of the conversation, like, hey, what do you do? You're a counsellor. Okay, we're a counsellor. What have you been doing before you were counselling? Oh, that's nice. Okay, so you've been. And, and then eventually be like, look, if you're interested in this, you know, they'll be like, oh, what is this? And then, you know, they go into the whole product and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, was, it it's, 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 it's really important, I think, to adapt to the your surroundings and read the room really well um and that'll i think come with time i think you know but but it it won't come if you sit sit and do nothing and don't talk to people it's it's only going to come if you actually put the effort to go and talk to people it'll be tough and it'll be very you have a lot of anxiety but you'll get over it and and i'm sure you understand that georgia you get over it after a point and you're like it's it's not a problem yeah
0: yeah i think it's it's important to have a strategy so if you're going to some event, what's your purpose of being there? So, for example, if um, my favourite um, artist was performing and I was going to their the concert, I'm not actually going there to connect with the other people in the concert. If I do, fine. But my main purpose is to watch the band play or whatever it is. If I'm going to a movie, I'm going to watch a movie. I don't want to sit down and listen and talk to everybody else in the movie, right? If I'm going to a network event, I never go to a network event without having an intention and a plan. So am I going to this event just to meet people? Am I going to the event to get understanding about um, more about the technicalities of it? So if I'm going to a, um, an accountant's seminar I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of accountants there. I'm not going to be talking about cars. I'm going to be talking about accounting things. If I'm going to a roadworks conference, there's going to be a lot of engineers there. So when I get there, what's my purpose? What's my reason for being there? Nothing. I just It's raining outside and I just want to be inside. Okay, that's cool. Or you're going there to meet people and um, to get connected to people within councils. So, as an opener, I would come into a group of people and say, um, Hi, um, I see you guys are talking. Do you mind if I join you? And very few, very few times in Australia, if you say, Do you mind if I join you, people will say, No, nah, go away. They usually say, No, oh, come in and, Yeah, that's fine. Oh, thanks very much. Um, I've actually come to the conference uh, to meet people that work with uh, with councils and that. What about you, Sirrah? So now, he's, I've thrown it to him. He has to respond. And he says, "Oh no, I'm here because of um, I love the coffee they serve at these conventions." Oh, okay. And Shamak, you, why? What brought you here? Now I've dragged you into the conversation. And that's how you start the thing. So the same questions that you would ask uh, at at a conference of accountants or a conference of solicitors or a conference of car salesmen, it doesn't matter. You just change the, the hi, I'm here because, that stays the same. Hi, I'm here wanting to do this, that's about you. The next part stays the same. What about you? what brings you here and so if you have that you're not going to be as nervous to actually go and talk to people because you've already worked out the questions in your head so networking is easy you've got one mouth two eyes two ears use them as you got them. don't talk so much listen more and keep an eye on whether they're boring uh, that you're boring them or not if i'm talking to you two and you're both doing that, you ain't listening to me, move along.
1: And I think one of the things that, Shemak, um, you pointed out uh, before, that that is one of the challenges, is uh, finding our jobs as an immigrant in Australia. Um, I feel that there has been some resistance from the employers because when I used to apply for jobs after the university as a temporary resident, I think more than 500 of my applications got rejected, not on the basis of my knowledge, not on the basis of my skills, not on the basis of my network. I had all of that. But what I didn't have was a PR or a citizenship. So I think that's some. That's one of the things that employers kind of need to sit together with the government and understand that the average life cycle of any employee, even if you hire them, is mostly two to three years. Um, and when you when that person is already having a three-year or five-year temporary visa, what else are you looking for? You know, you're know, you not looking for an employee who works for you for lifelong 50 years. An average life cycle of an employee in any company is three to five years, and they, are, they already have that visa. So I think there needs to be some sort of understanding between the employer and the government and that side. But what I also want to understand here is because George is working on a university program um, to connect students with the right people in the industry. So I feel that when people come to Australia in their mid-20s, they don't have that level of maturity to understand what are the right connections for them, whom should I connect with, whom should I not connect with, and then finding and tapping onto those right connections in the industry right um there are they you know they might be 10 percent smart immigrants but the major majority chunk of it the 90 percent of it are those they don't have the right knowledge uh they don't have the right maturity levels um to to you know enter into the industry and tap onto the right person uh, and if they have some sort of referrals or people who can connect with uh, you know that will be of great great value do you want to add something to that george before I pass it on Rishi Mark to Shimak uh, as a question because you're working on a university program at the moment, uh, which kind of solves this problem to a large extent.
0: Yeah. Um, so, generally speaking, universities teach you about a profession, and and um, uh, TAFE and that teaches you about a trade. They very rarely. Um, teach you about how to do business. So they'll teach you about being an accountant, they'll teach you about being an engineer, they'll teach you about being a, a, a computer programmer, but, but they don't actually teach you the art of doing business. Um, for many, many years now, we've, we've, I've always heard the conversation about um, the, a, a specialist, a doctor who's a specialist in something, they say they have terrible bedside manner. In other words, they, they might be very good at fixing your knee, but they're not very good at talking to you. And so I, I happen to be a, a, a very active member of a, a networking group called B&I, and I'm bringing uni students to B&I business meetings so that they get to understand what networking's about and how it's done professionally. But... When you start out networking, when you start out communicating, when you start doing anything, I tell people that everything you do for the first time, just think of it as the first pancake. Um, And hopefully most people listening to this podcast know what a pancake is. And the the real purpose of the first pancake is nothing more than to make the second pancake better. So if you start off cooking pancakes, anybody that, that's cooked cakes or or done cooking in general, the first time you, you do the pancake, it's not quite the right shape. It's thick, it's thin, it's it's a bit runny, it's all of that. So then you adjust. And the second pancake, you make a lot better. The third pancake, you make a lot better. The fourth pancake, you make a lot better. If you get a brand new toaster, if you've never made coffee before, if you've never made tea before, the first cup, yeah, that's all right. And then the next one you make a bit sweeter, a bit stronger, a bit hotter, a bit colder. So if you if you if you think about networking, if you think about job interviews and things like that, if it is the absolute dream job that you want, then you should practice what you're going to do before you go into there. If not, it's just a pancake. Go in have a try come out work out what you did wrong and then you go from there no that's
2: absolutely true um i just want to touch on one thing that sora mentioned as well and obviously some gems that were just dropped by george i think they were absolute gold mines um a lot of the employers do when I when I started, I'll just speak about my experience, they were very hesitant to hire people who were not having a PR just because with the fear that they might leave, which is normal and completely understandable as a business. If I owned a business, that's probably what I would do as well. Um, but however, having said that, I also did find a lot of, of my friends and a lot of mechanical engineering, electrical and civil graduates who did get into the job market and they were successful in getting jobs. And I was a bit shocked and I was thinking, okay, um, there are some people who don't get it. And I was constantly applying to a million jobs every, just exaggerating, but I would apply every day, eight hours constantly. Um, and I would have people who would be able to get roles, you know, via reference and stuff like that. Um, my thought process in this whole thing is that the more you're in, for me, what worked for me, I was being in solution mode. I think that if I was not if I was applying to certain jobs and I realized, okay, I'm not getting a PA, I'm not getting in and figure out what's the reason. Is it my resume? Is it because I'm not having a good LinkedIn profile? Okay, so I needed to, to create a LinkedIn profile. I need to create a LinkedIn profile, I need to update it my update my LinkedIn um so that it looks really good, um and I need to apply via that. Maybe I need to connect need to apply and then connect with the recruiter online. Maybe that helps. Uh, maybe um, I'm using, if I'm applying in Seek and it's not working, maybe I try a different platform. Is it better for me to call the company? Um, I think what international students really need to do is to go into solution mode and start figuring out ways as to how they can get in. Because there's no point really, you know, just sitting and complaining and saying things are not working out. Um, And obviously, as I think what George mentioned before, the first first attempt or the first try is not going to be good. You're going to be really bad at it. I remember my first interview was horrible, and you know, I really, I didn't, 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 didn't go well, really. But then I was very fortunate that I had a friend who was working in a particular company called Concentrix, who then referred me in, and then I was able to get into the job market that way. And I think that the way you can obviously make those high-level connections, or that you know, those those connections that are actually going to help you and you can help them is first of all by you know being the best version of yourself you know try to interact with people in the best way possible be nice be courteous and be you know um and 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 obviously uh make sure that you have a good relationship with them and at the same time also not being afraid to ask and you know not being afraid to ask people when you when you need help i think a lot of the and and trust me i know so many of my friends who are um migrants came from overseas they would just not ask for help they'd be like no i'll just apply online it'll be fine and six months down there what have you been doing oh i've been still applying online so it's like you know you if one thing doesn't work try something else um i think definitely they need to get on linkedin 100 percent build a profile do some stuff connect with people talk to people um and and if you need help ask ask people for some help and ask the right people for help um not just anyone yeah and and keep trying because the more you try, I think the more better you get at something. I remember when I started doing cold calls, the first cold call that I did was horrible, and you know no one liked it. But I started getting better at it. I started getting better at understanding how to qualify a lead. How do I do if they say no? How do I okay? They're saying not interested. Can I ask something else so that I keep the conversation going? And you know just do the more reps I did, the more better I got at understanding. Okay, this is how I book a meeting. Okay. I booked a meeting, but after the meeting, we couldn't carry on the conversation. Did I do something wrong in the meeting? Okay. I had to fix up what I do wrong in the meeting. Okay. It's going to the next meeting and the next meeting. Okay. We closed it. Bam. So like, yeah, uh, that's, that's, I guess my two cents on it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was really good advice, Shemak. Um, And I think not only that, whatever you have shared during the episode uh, today was really, really good Uh, from you as well as George um uh, yeah, okay. so pretty thankful for that um uh, I, I think uh, it has been a really good episode if we share it out with the uh, immigrants i think uh, it can help a lot of immigrants out there if they just listen to this 30 minute of episode that we just recorded now i think they will get uh, some golden tips uh from uh shimak who has shared his life journey and he has just shared uh some of the you know, real life tips if any international student adopts, I think it's going to benefit them massively. Um, not only international students, the advice is uh, genuine for anybody who is an immigrant or a refugee coming to Australia. And I think an immigrant in other countries as well. You know, When you go to a new country like United States or Canada or UK, um, the, the foundation of networking, connecting on LinkedIn, making connections, still remains the same no matter where you are uh, as an immigrant so i think let's share this episode with as many immigrants as possible uh, and we'll make it the biggest one thanks for joining us shimak really love uh, really love chatting with you
2: thank you man my pleasure thanks for having me and thanks for a lot of the uh, gold golden advice by george as well and yourself it was great to meet you and uh, uh, provide some value to people
0: Nice to met you, too. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much, guys. Cheers.
0: This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.